Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McElveen. Hey guys, we're doing She Fought Alone tonight. This is a movie that I know a lot of you guys have wanted to hear for a very long time. Gigantic trigger warning at the top of the show. Uh, this is a really upsetting movie. My guess is Katie Walsh. This is, this is not the order that you normally do a trigger warning in. She's not a part of the trigger warning, but trigger she warning. is a woman that I wanted to bring on <laughs> to talk about this movie that's a delicate subject. I have had other guests start this movie and be like, hey, this isn't appropriate for me. And I'm like, T, like, thank you for knowing that about yourself. Thank you, because not everyone knows. You know what I mean? But this is uh, a movie that I saw when I was much, much younger, uh, many years ago, probably back in like the 90210 days when Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Brian Austin Green were at the peak of their popularity, but also, I think, in a real life relationship. Did there you know is that? some serious chemistry. Yeah, I mean, it's all <laughs> happening. But I also, I mean, we'll talk about the bigger, like, implications yeah. of this movie ending in, like, a Romeo and Juliet type situation. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is spoiler alerts. This this podcast is one big yeah. spoiler alert. But, um, yeah, uh, it was a good movie. I do think both uh, Tiffany Amber and Brian Austin Green are uh, registered Republicans, if I had to take a guess. Oh, no. I want to throw that out there. I mean, honestly, that's I'm just hurling an accusation very early into the podcast. <laughs> oh, but no. But I did think about that when I was watching this movie. Tiffany, why? I don't think so. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I will say Brian Austin Green, possibly a Republican. I, I wouldn't put it past him. Dean Kane has let me down. Yeah, Dean. So like, and like once Dean lets you down, like it's really hard it's a to like downhill go back. There, yeah. So um and I do wanna again apologize for saying that Rob Lowe was a Republican once on this podcast. I know it was a mistake. <laughs> and also if you're a Republican listening, you know, I really just need to get to know your heart. So um <laughs> Write this, in, explain. This movie is uh According to IMDb, about a girl who finds herself shamed in a small rural town after being raped by a football player. Her boyfriend, her mother, and her lawyer all try their best to protect her, but will the local high school put a stop to the harassment? I think that's a decent explanation of what goes on here, but he's not her boyfriend. One, he's not her boyfriend. (laughs) Two, he does nothing. Right. Ethan is trash. He is a piece of trash. I, so many of my notes are like, am I supposed to forgive this motherfucker? Oh, because his mom is disabled and he brought her fruit. Like I'm supposed to forgive his actions, this whole movie. But I will say this, like, you know, I'll just speak from personal experience. Like I had a close knit group of friends in high school. 
I've told this story before on the podcast. There's, I really, honestly, I would die if there's someone who's like, Molly, I'm fucking tired hearing your <laughs> high school sexual assault story. Like, by the way, I'd like totally love that if that's happening. But also like what's wrong with you? Um, so I had like this really tight knit group of girlfriends and one of my friend's boyfriends sexually assaulted me at school. It was more of just like a a fit. I had bruises in my body, but it was not a set like I mean, it was sexual in nature, but he didn't like certainly not rape me or anything. Mm-hmm. And also it was like I kind of I mean, he is a Jace type, I guess. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, why would you have done that? And I'm like, oh, he's probably a Jace type. Jace is like diet American psycho in this movie. <laughs> diet American psycho. Oh, oh he's like God. so. A Patrick- he is sadistic. Oh, he's a poor man's like Patrick Bateman, 100 percent. But this is the part where Wags furiously like his licks his asshole during the podcast. <laughs> and it's like starting so soon. Some Foley. Uh, he's old. Mm-hmm. So anyway, like the basically like my senior year, I lost my entire friend group, save for oh my like God. my one friend who actually wound up marrying my cousin. Um, and it's, it was traumatizing. Like it absolutely was full. Ost- I was fully ostracized because you said something. Yeah, because I went to the my boyfriend like encouraged me to go to the uh, school, you know, authorities or whatever. My mom did not encourage me to do that. She thought I shouldn't have done that oh because gosh. it was going to make it tough on me. And I will say honestly, like I understand her POV. It's probably not like the current thing people would say now, but I think based on her experience, which is something that's very mirrored in this like movie and also very true about reporting anything in general like fat chance anyone believes you and they will do anything they can to discredit you yeah because the implications are too huge especially when it's like a young man in his life whatever um and this plays out forever like I was very triggered about Brett Kavanaugh throughout this whole thing as well but um yeah like basically I will say like this was you know this is a real story like not just you know like to a lot of women out there but to me so I felt that you know every woman you know you know we all have our situation I thought Katie would be a great guest to have on because not only are you like just another woman but you are like an actual film critique (laughs) yes and I'm so sad I do feel like I failed our audience by not picking like some big Haley Duff like mugs and jugs style (laughs) that's what we call like you know that I love a Haley Duff moment she's my favorite current Mm. lifetime actress but we like went into some deep shit and I think you're the appropriate person to go through this with I am honored to talk about she's fought alone for the mother may I sleep with podcast audience this is a good nacho experts movie this is actually a very good movie it's very good now I will clarify that this was not a lifetime original this was made for NBC similar to twisted desire that we did I believe in season two with Daniel Van Kirk which was starring Melissa Joan Hart as Melissa Joan Hart and mm, who was the other 90s hunk that was in that um tweeted at me but (laughs) uh yeah that was like an also an NBC movie that was frequently rerun on Lifetime and I do love now ABC Family does like some nice crossovers with like Sorority Wars my favorite film of all time starring (laughs) Lucy Hale I watched it 
every night for two years when I was falling about and falling about and I had like a friend that I shared a Netflix account with and she was so fucking concerned about it. <laughs> she was like why is like, this always like halfway done she'd be like really sorority wars again Molly and then, <laughs> and then like there was like a two-month period where I didn't watch sorority girls and then I came back to it and she was like oh my god like what you're coming back on? for a sweet sweet taste of but, that smack you know I don't know about you I fell asleep to the same like 12 audiobooks I had every single night when I was a kid when you had like audiobooks on tapes mm-hmm. so you know it's kind of like you know that version of that so there's like not a lot to make fun of in this movie so I'd like to focus at the very top on some IMDB fun yes you do that? there are some incredible well one I noticed that you know I, I listened to a couple episodes like the people who worked on this they work. They book. Yeah, they like, work. It's, uh, you know, Christopher Leach, the director. Yep. He does a lot of this stuff. The screenwriter. And I actually was like, this is pretty well written. Also, I mean, he did Teen Wolf 2, this director. Teen Wolf 2. He's done some CSI. Yeah. I okay. Mean, he, we don't, we respect only in this house. Yeah. And I noticed he did a couple like 70s movies. His first couple movies were like, uh, studio movies like theatrical features and then he he went into the TV movie game and I'm just like you know what that guy probably has like two houses from this TV movie oh money. he's he did Alfred Hitchcock presents yeah like he's been working yeah um oh and oh my god do you remember like the live action Beauty and the Beast show no oh my god that? it was unreal oh, wait. It was wait, oh like, with the um yeah he was like Fabio but he looked like a lion yeah was that Ron Perlman no. Um, it might have been, but I will tell you. Let me look it up. It was Ron Coslow. One of the Rons. Yeah, it was one, of the, <laughs> one of the big Rons, you know. One of um, the beefy Rons. But no, truly, look, this man looked like a goddamn lion and he lived in the sewer. You know what? I do remember that show. Yeah, I good. don't think I ever saw it, but I remember like the previews for it. Yeah, like my I had a single mom who would like let me stay up late sometimes, like while she was doing laundry or whatever. And so I've seen many <laughs> episodes of Beauty and the Beast, and it shook me as a child. And he did several episodes of that. He's had a really successful career. Now, let's go to Miss Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Miss, oh wait, I just want to. Can I tell the the story of 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 how we chose this film and the mm-hmm. hilarious? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. tat and bag. Yeah, tat and bag. Um, so Molly and I are texting <laughs> about what movie we're gonna do, and she, what she goes, okay, let's do She Fought Alone, the the Tiffany Amber Thiessen <laughs> movie. I'm like, great, that's awesome. So then the next day she's like, let's do the tat and bag movie, and I'm like, what's tat and bag? It's called tat and bag, and she's like, no, Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Brian Austin Green. I didn't know we didn't speak the same shorthand. <laughs> I like because to me, like if someone yelled that to me across the street, I'd be like, oh wait, oh okay, oh you. No, oh, you know too. I love that so much. Tat and bag. Tat and bag is like, well, also that'll come up a lot because it's like in my notes consistently. Because as we say on this show a lot, it can be really hard to discern these different people's names, especially if you're watching on a janky ass YouTube. Right. And also they're, they never say each other's names. I, I didn't I was know confused. what this bitch's name was Caitlin until halfway through the movie. <laughs> I I, the mom, her name, Avon Rose. Avon Rose was brought up in the last like, I was like, why wasn't this movie called Avon Rose's Daughter? Yeah. Because that is a movie I'd be like. Avon Rose is, is a, isn't it a, a bold choice for like someone who never gets 
called that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And for a person that could have like used that, you know, like we we knew that she was like, you know, sort of a, a loose girl in high school yeah. as she would have thought of it in her mind. We knew that, you know, I didn't find out she owned a dress shop till like the second to last scene. They really I don't had, think I even picked that up. <laughs> they denied us of a lot of good details. I hate Maybe that. that's where she got the backpack. Yeah. At her <laughs> the dress sunflower shop. backpack. Well, that's like how I thought she knew. Like once, I don't know, later on the principal like disses her dresses. She's like, oh, she sold cheap dresses. I was like, well, guess who knows to show up with a sunflower backpack for her daughter before she leaves for junior college. <laughs> but that actually makes sense because um, uh, Caitlin Tiffany's mm-hmm. costuming in this is really wonderful. It is. Well, this is also like the benefit of being an NBC movie is that they went, like, everything was bigger. The sets were better. Like, the different homes they used, they didn't look artificial. It looked like it was shot in real homes. Production design on point. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. They had cranes for days. But, like, (laughs) the other thing that is, like, interesting, because we just watched Queen Size with Nikki Blonsky last week, and they blew it out on the music budget. And they bought one song for this movie, and it was Run Around by Blues Traveler. Wait, but they bought two Blues Traveler songs. Oh, oh, oh. Isn't oh, it a one, different no, Blues Traveler song at the at end? At the end, it is. Because I, I initially thought it was the same song. I'm like, oh, they're really working that Blues Traveler license. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's the other Blues Traveler single. But I, I, I do want to talk about the soundtrack because it is bizonkers well yeah it goes in between like uh (laughs) beach boys like simulation surfer music like i just like it cuts traveler and also like the blues traveler signifies like happy moments and so when we first hear run around it's when she's hanging out with ethan for the first time and Mm -hmm. she like they have that weird moment where he like agrees with her about the movie theater which is corny yeah and then um at the end when she's leaving they play the one that's like I'm telling you. Yeah, no I know. Lie. I'm like kicking myself for not knowing what it is. I know. I I, I think it's a different song. But, but I'm also not going to lie to you. I'm simultaneously looking up when John Goodman became obsessed with Blues Traveler. <laughs> and they started doing like a huge Blues Traveler run on Roseanne. Oh. And it, that nearly dominated the previous season. I think like if people did not live through the 90s, they don't Wouldn't understand. understand how important blues traveler is. I also think that this movie, you know, that really signifies the authenticity of the time period. You know, when people do 90s stuff now, they don't get that people wore so many fucking vests in the 90s. Oh, everywhere. And there are vests in every frame of this movie. Yeah, I mean, there would be vests that weren't even like separate vests. They just came attached to a long sleeve. That was where we came through with a lot of vests. Yeah. I had a vest that had green apples on one side and yellow apples on the other side. Fun. I also had a denim vest that I would like wear with like a flowery dress. Mm -hmm. And then I had a long, like loose, like kind of hippie flowy vest. You're from San Francisco, right? Like that. No, aren't you from? I am from St. Croix in the Virgin Islands, which means we got trends very late. Oh my God. Wait, really? Yeah. You're from the Virgin. I- How did you get here? Um, I went to college in Connecticut and I uh, went to grad school in L.A. <laughs> Jesus. How was your childhood? That sounds so like uh, it exotic. was exotic. It is. It is exotic. It was beautiful. It's idyllic. It's 
it's like, but it's like a tiny small town mm-hmm. that you cannot drive away from. Oh, for sure. And, and I think that these people, this can relate a lot to this experience in this movie. Right. So every time that bag <laughs> Ethan is yeah. like, I just want to get on the road and drive away from this town. You really felt that as a teen growing up in the Virgin Islands. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> just taking was, a wild turn. I wasn't me. aching to get away, but like, why it was did just, I think you were from San Francisco? I just have a cool vibe. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like I would have assumed you were East coast, but then I was like, no, it's in your head. Like she's always from like whenever I feel like there's like several people. I'm always like, wait, where are you from? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm from like, you know, like San Francisco. Yeah. And I'm like, don't forget that. And for <laughs> some reason I thought I had filed that away in no, my No, it's brain. okay. Uh, St. Croix always takes people by surprise. Wow. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I liked, I mean, I know people live there, especially year round, but mm-hmm. I just, um, it's like, so, uh, you know, I've only heard about people going there on vacay. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, St. Croix is like, it's not as uh, touristy as like St. Thomas and St. John, but it's a little bit more like bohemian and lived in and like a yeah. little bit more residential. But yeah, I mean, it does have like an expat population of people from the States. I mean, my, my parents are from the States and like yeah. just moved there and, and it's a U.S. territory. So it's right. like, you know, it's easy to move there. But yeah, I mean, my parents still live there. Oh my God. And Should just, I move there? Uh, you totally can. Do they have chilies? No. Oh, well, I don't know where I'd work then, but I, uh, you'd like bartend or like, okay. Yeah. You know, I think like my that. life would be, um, I think like once you're at a certain age, you can't bartend unless you're sober. You know what? Anything's possible in St. Croix. It's pirate right. Island. I, we're all ready for a second act at any time. Yeah. Speaking of second acts, um, not Leah Remini or JLo, but Tiffany Amber Thiessen, whose career has had many turns. Let's start out with where she began, okay? She had her first role ever on Live In, a TV series, which her role was a girl. It was in 1989. I was four years old. Um, who's, uh, who Shrunk Saturday Morning? I've heard of that. Don't remember it. Charles in Charge, who could forget? Married with Children, Valerie. I remember her getting famous off of that for sure. And then she was on All of Say by the Bell, starting back in 89 as well. So she's super famous. A Killer Amongst Friends. That was a movie we've done on this show, I think. Um, she's fucking famous, man. And now she's all. she did a show called Alexa and Kate. Are you familiar? Oh, that's like a... Um, is that an animated show? My friend writes on that. No, it's like a Netflix like kids show. It's like a kids show. Yeah. Lifelong best friends Alexa and Katie are eagerly anticipating the start of their freshman year of high school. The pals confront a crisis that leaves them feeling like outsiders at a time. What seems to matter most is fitting in. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's obviously just a YA show, but Fuck. it's not um, animated. But I do have some friends who write on Alexa and Katie. And I so, will tell yeah. you, I, st- I would love to write on a kids TV show. Yeah, the, the one opportunity I had, I'm so glad I didn't take. Um, guys, blind item. But um, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that Tiffany is still working. Oh I'm glad God. that she's getting some jobs. I'm happy for anyone that's yeah. you know, especially when she's America's sweetheart like that. I don't think we have a scandal. Didn't she do like a cooking show or something? She had like some cooking YouTube show or something. Probably. I I mean Haley Duff did. If that's who you're I mean, thinking I- <laughs> of. Um, I also love that she was in Dusk Till Dawn 2, Texas Blood Money, which I have never heard of, but now I 
desperately need to see. That's the way I felt about Lori Loughlin's um, garage sale mysteries. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, she's getting canceled just in time for me to find out about the dopest show I've ever heard. Um, so this guy, Brian Austin Green, Knott's Landing in Highway to Heaven, I think most people would agree, was his first, like, main jump off. He was also on an episode of Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which was the original name of Saved by the Bell. So he was there for the original that. He also was on Saved by the Bell the college years. Of course, we all know him mostly from 90210. And he also is still now working on the new 90210, which you guys, like, literally call me. Like, I would do anything to be on BH 90210. <laughs> Wait, you? I heard some sketchy blind items that there's some weird stuff going on with, with BAG. Brian Austin Green and like maybe his wife is like a scammer or something or is like girlfriend Megan Fox no they got divorced no they're like with he's with someone else now I need to like find this weird sketchy ass Twitter account I follow Mm -hmm. that um said there was like some sketchy stuff I think like his his girlfriend or something is like involved in like MLMs and Ponzi schemes oh like Nexium I fucking hope so i'm in nexium <laughs> guys you are yeah. guys by we're, the way i've been in a sex cult for years i've been hiding it from we're you both in nexium yeah um yeah. so then let's talk about isabel hoffman and i love this because this is one like you know we already had some crossovers with the charles in charge we already had some crossovers with you know saved by the bell now we got to get into the mom isabella hoffman who plays avon rose And we have an early crossover from her, which is truly, this is the fucking Derek Jeter's herpes tree of life. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Derek Jeter's herpes tree? (laughs) I can only assume. From the back (laughs) in the day, it was like a big gawker like meme that it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, everyone in Hollywood that has slept with Derek Jeter and everyone who slept with them. Lifetime has their own version of just like crossed resumes. So she was also on Beauty and the Beast. She was also on... Come on now. You saw a bunch of them. Twisted Desire, which we spoke about earlier. She was also on... Ooh, she was on Touched by an Angel. Oh, my God. She also was on Suits starring Meghan Markle, which is what the detective we spoke about, Keith McKechnie, he was on a movie he played in a movie called uh, when, when, sparks, when fly. sparks fly oops playing it now but yeah there's a lot of like i love the um good old hollywood uh incestualness that takes place both on and off screen i know it's like they all have worked together and then actually one um you know, I, I wonder how many people are like, hey, yeah, uh, get him in or get her in or like that's she what wasn't I think on of episode too. of Beauty and the Beast. Like she was great to work with. Like I do think there's such a thing in Hollywood of like that person is professional. They're nice. We like having them on set. Like get them in. We feel. Yeah, I feel that 100 percent. And do you want to know what else I'm thinking is going on here? Yeah. So Jessica Robertson, who played the younger sister, Judy. Mm hmm whose name I thought was Jenny, <laughs> Janny, Jojo. Like, I thought her name was everything before I finally, in the last act of the movie, was like, oh, it's fucking Judy. Um, she's now a producer. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I do, she did something called Home and Family very recently, 2012, 2015, which is, like, pretty recently for someone who's only done a few things on Lifetime. That's a happy ending. I feel like she may be ushered in some people in her life. Yeah, and the other thing that I... So I did a deep dive on um, 
David Lipper, I think the guy's name is, who plays Jace. Yeah, I hate him. Uh, we hate Jace. He's horrible. He's but, awful. Um, David I, Lipper, you stan? No, no. Well, I, I, I read his IMDb bio, which like I'm obsessed with quirky IMDb bios, which like I think people write themselves mm-hmm. or like somebody else wrote and you can like tell that they wrote them. But he said that he um, was on a pilot with Tiffany Thiessen. Mm hmm. Giovanni Rabisi. Oh, my boyfriend. Hillary Swank. Okay. And him. And it was called like Reality Check. And the pilot didn't go. But then he played the rapist in uh, She Fought Alone. But I'm like, someone needs to unearth this this pilot. I need to see this pilot. I with think Tiffany. about that all the time. I'm like, what? Where did all the pilots go? I know. Like all those fucking pilots. I need to see it. I know. I, like, what could it have been? I'm sure it was like. 1994, like pure 90s insanity with Giovanni Rabisi and Hilary Swank and right. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who's like a huge star at that point in time, way more bankable than Hilary Swank, multiple Oscar winner now. It's just, it's just so hilarious to think about. I know because of the way that our industry is like structured, it would be impossible for Warner Brothers to like release a DVD compilation of all the pilots <laughs> that know. didn't go, like because like the directors wouldn't get their points or something. But if I fucking owned Warner Brothers, <laughs> I would make sure that I had full rights to distribute that years later, especially when all the people got famous. There's some money in that, honey, and the public would love it as well. Um, can I tell you one thing that I just had like a minor panic attack about? Please, please. Jace played Viper on my sister Jody Sweeten's television yes, show, Full House. he was on Full House and Fuller House. He I'm, played DJ's boyfriend uh, yeah viper uh the real bad boy <laughs> real bad boy stuff um i couldn't i couldn't wow i really took my um breath away <laughs> and then it also says viper from uh full house pitches to netflix tv movie in 2006 was this like a short they did of Wait, him pitches to netflix in 2006 like it was 2016 yeah this it says it was like a, it looks like a one you know when someone they make one video and it's then pilot someone's agent is diligent and like puts it on their thing. I you know, think that's what I it must be. Truly believe that David Lipper wrote his own IMDb bio or maybe his agent did or something like. Oh, very he for sure did. Enthusiastic person because at the end he's like it says something like. He's got some stuff in the works for 2019 that's super exciting, so stay tuned. It's Can like, I tell you what oh it sounds like? Oh my god, I like. can't wait to see what David Lipper has in the hopper. Katie, it's starting to sound <laughs> a lot like you fucking wrote this bio and are trying to just like throw it under the bus so there's no association. Oh I wrote his bio. Like, are you getting paid under the table to write fat ass resume IMDB shit? Like, and I just wish. keep it a little vague so it seems like they wrote it. It's when I go to Mac and I get my makeup up done I'm like just fuck up the eyeliner a little bit on one side so it looks (laughs) looks like like I did did it it. myself you know what um I am available to write your IMDb bio I will take yeah kinds of currency to do honey I could probably use a punch up we'll add you as a consultant on the website so um let's go over the trivia before we get into the movie Tiffany and Brian were also lovers in Beverly ew (laughs) 
Who the fuck wrote this? Oh my God, David wrote it. We're also lovers in Beverly Hills 90210, 1990, as well as in real life. That is like person. I'm sorry, as well as in real life. Like, get the f- you don't know these people. The actor that plays Tiffany's uh, doctor who examined her after her rape is played by John Mansfield, her father on Saved by the Bell. I'm Gross. done. I have to go home. <laughs> oh, wait, I am home. What the fuck? I am so upset. Oh, my wait, God. Molly, this is why, like, you literally can't go on vacation and wait till one more day to do your shit. Like, I am going to pass away that I just read that for the first time. Oh, my God. That oh is gross. God. The guy who gave her her rape kit was her dad on TV. That is psycho. I mean, like, not to say that, like, if that for God, like, you know, your dad's a doctor and that happens. But, like, I just, again, this cross-pollination in Hollywood, wait, it's really got to chill. But do you think Tiffany was like, you know what? I, I really feel comfortable with John. Like, he, he should, like, yes. play the doctor who gives me the rape kit. I mean, yeah, like that actually is truly like we should stress this. It happens so much. Like this is how people work. Okay. Wait, go to the next trivia. Isabella Hoffman, who plays the mother of Tiffany Thiessen's character, also plays the mother of oh. Brian Austin Green's on-screen love interest in the movie On Wed Father. I, I read that wrong and I thought that she played his love interest. Oh, honestly, it's none of it's great. Then, <laughs> by the way, like this... The way I mean, it is rape. Like, just say the word. I agree. One time, did you ever hear that This American Life episode where they referred to rape as unwanted sex? Oh god! It was like back in the day, and I like literally was like, "Can you just say the fucking word?" I like got so upset about it. So I don't know why it shocks me. I think probably because it should shock me every time I read it. But anyway, this says David Lipper Lipper rapes Tiffany Thiessen in this film, and she cried no. Nineteen ninety six. Mark Paul Gossler, Gossler, Tiffany's co-star in Saved by the Bell, uh, 1989 boyfriend, rapes (laughs) David's co-star in Full House girlfriend, Candace Cameron Bure. This film takes place in high school, where the latter film takes place in college. So we've done this other one. So each other's IRL or on-screen boyfriends raped the other one's girlfriend in TV movies. I could barely get that out. Like, that's a lot. is psycho. And I think I had put that together, but there's also one with Fred Savage. And I'm not sure. It's Candace Cameron and Fred Savage. And is there a rape? (laughs) I uh, At least a a heavy stalking with a lot of sexual undertones. It's also like another sort of thriller movie where you're like, hey, you're a childhood TV star. Get your hands off her. Yeah. You know? like Fred Savage can't be a bad guy. No, it's like hard to watch. Yeah. Original title of this film was Scared by Love, a song which was featured in the film. That's, That's not a good title not for this movie. an okay title. Like, this movie is about <laughs> is sexual harassment and violent, violent rape. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's actually like, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's like actually really upsetting. It I is. cried. And also they do a gr- like they don't hold back. Like I will no. tell you. I also saw Chucky this weekend. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. And Chucky did not hold back. Chucky like this movie, ex- you know, if you want to know, like if Jace is AI and yeah. Ch- you know what I mean? There's similarities yeah. here. Jace was just as bad as the AI in this movie. Okay. So it says during the opening scene, Caitlin buttons her sweater twice. That's the only goof they have. Oh, my God. That's like the most. Like- I button my sweater twice all the time. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to open up. She had to up cover up her, her bustier. She's got to. So we open up on this girl getting ready in her bedroom. This is sort of like faded in with this 
scene of Brian Austin Green on the football team, I noticed right away that she uses Maybelline Great Lash, the <laughs> yeah. best mascara. The you makeup know the green scene when you see it was crazy. It was sultry for yeah. like a teenage girl, it, and and. Also, like, I know she she does the thing that happens only in movies mm-hmm. where she slowly takes the brush and brushes it into her cleavage. And I'm like, no one has ever done that in the entire world. Oh, my God. So many people shade their <laughs> boobs. I know, but she's not actually, like, doing any makeup. She's oh, just right. sensually, slowly, like, dragging it down yeah. to her boobs. I'm like, you're not putting any body makeup on. Like, you're just, like putting it in between your cleavage you're and- just having a moment with the brush <laughs> like that's I all this know. is and she's just like slowly like powdering i'm like this is the most insane powdering i've ever seen yeah i mean this also this teen girl having this vanity this way and her relationship with her mom and how her mom like really watched her get dolled up to go out on what she knows is like a mystery party night with these bad girls and then like what unfolds with the mom later mm-hmm. it's like why like girl like what are you are you are you kidding me like I was I I don't know it doesn't make a difference either way really but I was fucking locked in my bedroom till I was like 21 like I truly like oh no I mean her mom's like put more highlighter on like it's a great first impression blah 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 and I'm like uh what like my mom was like don't wear makeup I'm so glad you said that because we're gonna play that scene but I also did not know they had highlighter in 1995 I was like what did they do I was like also every all the 90s makeup was so matte it was really matte yeah I don't know I'm like where would she have like is she using eyeshadow as a highlighter that's you know I mean who knew innovative um yeah like she had a like a a glimpse into the future 205 to 336 need a little more highlight on your cheekbones. Huh? At night, the light is not flattering. Mom, you're going to be here any minute. Well, first impressions last the longest. Come on, you're an upperclassman now. How come I have to stay home while you guys go out on dates? You're 13. Well, maybe I'll run away. Yeah? Well, right when you get work. <laughs> so, who's driving you to this little soiree? Abby. Yeah? Well, who else is going with you? Hannah, Connie, Susan. I'll fax the resumes over. Any boys in the car, Caitlin? They're all seniors, aren't they? Mom, they are the coolest crowd in school. Yeah, and the fastest. Turn up and the spot. It's your big night, Caitlin. Every time someone gets into the crew, we party! So, um, where's it gonna happen? The old mill at the edge of town. I can't tell you anything else. <laughs> Can you even give me a little hint? Well... You're gonna get a little bloody. <laughs> oh, great. After tonight, you'll be one of us. Like family. So how do I know if I'm in? Ethan decides. Depends on how well you play the game. Yeah, how much do you want it? More than anything. <laughs> you know, you can still change your mind. Nope. Whatever it takes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we I well I saw her button her sweater twice. Oh, you saw you got yeah, the button. Yeah, I got the the double button. Um, uh, I don't I I that I don't know. There's so much going on in this. Like one, I I kind of wish they had like pushed the mom going out on dates more theme. Like how she right. was like a like into dating and a single mom and stuff. Like 
The most we got was her sort of like preening, like taking over her daughter's seat in the vanity and like like and getting herself a little bit ready for like, I guess, staying home that night. We also need to add that her sister is like a tomboy type. Yes. Um, and her sister is also pretty young. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, they just do this in Lifetime movies to be like, this is the popular sister. It's a very tired trope. Like, there can never be equally pretty and popular sisters, or you don't understand what's going on. And I will say that based on the last movie I watched in which there was two pretty popular sisters, and I was like, who the fuck is who? <laughs> I think, come on now. We need to variate this. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, it sounds like these girls are about to go join a cult. I know. And I, and, and I, I was writing all this stuff down saying... Oh my God, she's about to get bloody. Like, what is this? Yeah, so it's not definitely like she knows she's getting hazed into what we do not know yet. But it turns yeah. out that this is just like the way that they bring in the popular group. I have to say, the whole idea of them having this popular group called the crew, the crew, which just wreaks anarchy upon the school and runs everything and is basically a criminal gang I know. filled with white popular kids Yeah, was super psychotic to me. I was like, what is going on? I was in um, a group in college called the G Crew. Uh, all my <laughs> friends lived in Gazaga and we were the biggest fucking losers ever. Like three people were like former Mormons. Everyone was a virgin. Like it was literally the dorkiest group of people. So I will say... You know, just because your name has crew in it doesn't mean you're awful. (laughs) But but this is literally like a lawless town when it comes to these teenagers. Brian Austin Green at one point towards the end of this movie throws a fucking glass bottle at a cop car and they don't even (laughs) stop. Like he throws it like that bottle could have absolutely killed someone. It could have even a shard got into a cop's eye. He'd be blinded and on disability for life. And no one even bothers to pull the fucking car over. This town is lawless. It It is lawless. I kept writing down Wild West and also by the end of it I was just like they do so many crimes I was like listing all their crimes I'm like assault with a deadly weapon oh my god Katie if you literally want to take some time while we're going through some of the more like the minutia of some of this stuff because lord knows I do have to painfully bring everyone through that if you want to just make a short list of what you know is illegal because when the mom threw out title nine I was like whoa like i haven't heard title nine in a minute like which is basically a federal law saying that schools have right. to like protect kids i hadn't heard that in a minute and hearing this mom in 1995 like threaten a school board with it i was like turned on well, by the law not to like jump ahead too far but they the the trial is essentially a sexual harassment trial yeah and to you know like a title nine trial to say that, that like this sexual harassment was going on and and uh she you know, was being violated under the terms of Title IX. And I'm like, no, he holds a knife to Brian Austin Green's throat. That's like like a separate trial. (laughs) That's a whole separate. And Jace is like, I hope I don't lose my scholarship. It's very Brock Turner. Oh, it totally is. And I'm just like, and he's like on these crutches. I'm like, he doesn't even need crutches, that stupid ass faker. But like, I'm just like, okay, they're brawling in the street. They're having knife fights in the middle of the street. There's like assault don't with give a deadly a shit weapon. about anything here. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like elder abuse when he smashed or like literally like abuse of the disabled or something. When they fucking when the mother, the disabled mother woke up with a crowbar going through the window. Also breaking and entering, breaking it, and entering vandalism, underage drinking, all, all, uh, nudity in public. Like literally like 
it, like, it they're is so, they are committing all of the crimes. They are like a violent criminal gang. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and let's just like say if you take a fucking piss in the woods, that is a crime. But these are some <laughs> high level crimes in yeah. this movie. This, these are felonies. Yeah, it really does. It's like makes the um, it really does make West Side Story look very tame. It's like intense shit. It's intense shit when they pull. OK, anyway. Yeah. So let's just hope that this doesn't happen to any of us, but it does feel a little bit. I'm blind, by the way. I can't read your notes, oh, no, but no. I will say that this does like feel a little bit to me like watching an old school SVU, but it has actually caught up to the news and you're like, oh, see, see, you thought you were being fictional, but like we live in this place right now. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's not even like the. This, not the in the headline stuff. I'm talking this stuff when the writers were like, how do we go way out on a limb? That's happening every day. It really entertainment catches up real quick. You know, this movie is is very, very real and it is very intense. And as much as you're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. It's like, happens no, this, all the time. this shit is real. I just watched. Has uh, happened all the time. Um, on PBS, there's a documentary called Roll Red Roll about mm-hmm. the Steubenville rape case. Yes. And it's free to stream, I think, until July 15th. But it's like um, so intense. Be- I mean, because it is it's the same exact thing. Football stars and and there's the same. It's like there's a one guy who's the leader and the one guy who follows along. But then uh, everybody talking about it and everybody harassing this girl. And it's all on text messages and social media. So you're wa- I'm watching this being like. It's so scary. It's the exact same thing. But they just had all the record of it on text messages and social and all this Could stuff. Could you imagine like how many things would have gone differently if there was like. I mean, they weren't even really like doing. I don't know. I guess DNA was sort of still like a brand new thing at the time of this case. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we can't prove in the, in she fought alone. They're like, oh, we can't prove, uh, that it happened because she, she's not a virgin basically. Right. I mean, but the weird, okay, we'll, we'll get to it. But anyway, basically all you need to know is that I actually thought Brian Austin Green's mom was the principal. That's how into the football team the principal is she's like yes i thought she was a football mom too 100 percent, because she's like coach we can't lose this um and then we see that everyone sort of uh, the blues traveler hits and then we see that everyone in town cruises the main drag they're all woohooing now i want to know because this town really like could be anything financially to me because Mm -hmm. some people live a little bit on the outskirts of town but also these kids have a phenomenal amount of money to throw casual parties and like induction ceremonies. And I want to know where the fuck yeah. the crew gets their money. Yeah. Like this is some like old school sorority money shit that goes on here. Yeah. Um, so basically they have this conversation about the multiplex. Tiffany Amber Thiessen's yeah. like, oh, they're shutting down like, or they're, they're shutting down the small town theater. And, and Jace is like, well, we have the multiplex. <laughs> That's how guy we talk to you guys. And then Brian Austin Green's like, no, she's right. It's not going to be the same. And so it's like nice because Jace is like, he says something like, oh, asserting your opinion really early for a newbie. Yeah, yeah. Totally high school guy. Do you remember? They'd be like, oh, she's so fucking annoying. Like, <laughs> just because yeah. you had an opinion. Yeah. Okay, so I honestly, at this point, I wrote my notes. I feel like I've been listening to Blues Traveler for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I wrote Blues Traveler for sure. It was so long. So yeah. they arrive at this house and Brian Austin Green stays outside and Jason her of a moment where she's like, you look really nice. And he's like, no, 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 it's your big night. Like, 
I'm just here to look good. So um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen walks inside. It's a big empty warehouse. What the fuck is going to happen? It, that was so weird. Oh, yeah. That whole thing was so weird. Well, it's like a surprise party full of like psychopaths. Like yeah. that you're joining their group or whatever. I mean, this is I wasn't in a sorority. They didn't even have Greek where I went to school. Yeah, no. We, I was in I've a sketch comedy group, <laughs> but I just got a phone call. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> don't know. So everyone puts on these tutus. It's like turns into 1950s prom. All I of was a sudden. so confused by that. I was like, why are they having a rogue prom? Somewhere. Well, because it looks like they're fucking rich. Like, this is like, where's the money coming from? And I'm sure, I but guess. Also, just like, go to the prom. Well, yeah. No, because she actually even says, like, now real prom is absolutely ruined for me. I know. I was just so confused. I was like, what is this? And then it, it does make sense. So when we get to that. So our big moment is that they pull a carry on her yes. after she has her like first dance with Jason and she has a really good attitude about it. Yeah. She licks the blood. She never like has a moment where her face looks down or whatever. She gets it right away. I was going to say that this was like so crazy to me that this would be the initiation for like a group that you like. And, and it's not even a group. It's just like the popular kids. But then again, Carrie is my favorite movie of all mm-hmm. time. And when I was in, when I was a senior in high school at a Halloween party, I did a recreation. I love that. Of where someone like, I wore a pink prom dress that I got at a thrift store and someone like poured a bunch of fake blood over my head at my friend's Halloween party. So it wasn't an initiation, but it was like, you know, it was just a recreation of the of the bloody moment. But I was like, this is actually so crazy that they're doing this. Well, this is like a high school version of a toga party, right? Like, basically, this is just a bunch of people having a fun party. And then there happens to be a moment where they, quote unquote, humiliate the person that's try, like, trying to get into this group. But like... Basically, it's just a do you have a sense of humor test yeah. and an excuse for them to get drunk and then go skinny dipping in the ravine, which actually looked really fun to me. And I'm kind of a never nude. <laughs> um, like, I would never really do that. But Brian Austin Green is slamming beers in the woods. Um, Jason's, like, trying to hit on Tiffany Amber and Caitlin, that's her name. Yeah. Um, but she's not really having it. And so she goes out to see Brian Austin Green. Right away, there's fucking fireworks. So um, she uh, and him go and like kind of fuck on a mattress a little bit upstairs. Okay, that sex scene was so sensual and erotic. It was like actually really hot. It was very hot. And I was still processing through my Catholic brain. I'm like, but she doesn't really know him. But like, they don't even have a condom. Like, I was really like caught up in that. Just because I'm like, you're underage. At least have safe sex. Well, you know, I think the, 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 at first I was like, oh my God, this is so sexy. It's like kind of disconcerting. And, you know, obviously Bag and Tat have some sexual they have the, yeah i mean that was real life that they was were on the real. set of a porno that day <laughs> yes yeah. exactly that was their uh their sex tape yeah but um that the i do think it's actually like later on in the movie i was like i do think it's actually important for them to have you need to see a, consensual sex a scene in order where to, she's enjoying it and right. it's like good and fun and she's smiling and happy um, and that also that it does not matter if you are a virgin and you get raped, like yes. your purity does not matter. Like you can have fun sex and you can also be a victim of a horrible, violent rape. And so I think it was like kind of progressive for the movie to show. I agree. And I thank you for bringing up that point because I think that I didn't 
put that exact thought together right now but or before but I agree with the sentiment 100% and I think you're exactly right it's what needed to happen and at the time one thing that I didn't love about this movie is that she continued to be sexualized after the rape as well and I was Mm. you know and by the way you can have all of those things you can enjoy sex you can be violated you can also be a sexual person after that as everyone should be but I just like hate in Lifetime movies how it's so quickly wrapped up. I would love to see a, rep- a like a repression, like a repressed memory mm-hmm. of a forty-year-old woman played out in a Lifetime movie. Yeah, because not everyone has such like a coherent, quick Linear, understanding. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I mean, this girl had three months to process this, right? And, and it's that very, in it's these very movies. linear. I was glad that they showed her like you know, wanting to have sex again. I mean, she that's does, the important point. Yeah, for like sure. she does have desire for. Um, Ethan again at the end like towards the end of the movie and I was like oh that's cute like she still wants to be sexual and to have sex but but that with him and under these circumstances and and they don't have sex again but they show them kind of kissing and stuff yeah there's a there's heavy romantic interest there and yeah there's a lot to discuss in that even though I was a little bit the only reason I thought that was problematic is because I was like he was such a shithead he was awful to in, her. In and then they had this like Rome. They end with this Romeo and Juliet sort of like we can never be together, but we should be together sort of thing. And it's like, girl, this ain't it. Go to junior college. I know. They're like, there's Le- meet more one out guy. There. Meet one guy. <laughs> like, so Jason comes upstairs while the two of them are going at it. And he sees everything. He sees the sexy, and this, sexy scene. Yes. He's a dog who smelled blood at this point. Okay, honey. Or tasted blood. He's like, I'm fucking in. I've seen it. If he can have it, I can have it. He, he's a fucking psycho, okay? This is what you need to know about Jace. Jace is not normal, okay? Jace is sadistic. He doesn't have one normal thing about him. He doesn't look at that and think, oh, like, I'm hurt. I wish it was me. He's looking at that being like, that's fucking mine now. He's a sick bitch. But also, like, do you think he looks at that and thinks, like, oh, that's, like, beautiful, loving sex between two people? Or do you think... Because he, he likes the... He likes hurting people. Yeah, no. He looks at that as like, that's my next achievement. Right. Like, because I don't think that people who are genuinely and like, God forbid, I don't know the fucking inner workings of this fictional character, but I think we are supposed to take away that, as they say in this movie several times, you don't think like normal people. Exactly. And so I think that someone like him sees that and is like, how can I take that and how Mm. can I make it mine? And like, that's what she said. She says later on. Jason, uh, Jace doesn't like enjoy sex. He enjoys hurting people. Yeah, yeah. He's a sick fuck. Okay, so the next day at school, basically Bag and uh, Tat are a full-blown couple. Um, There's a really great science class moment we're going to play. I (laughs) am going to see one of my favorite moments that I have in movies, which is like when a student feels like so above a teacher that they oh get God. up and start lecturing. I was like, like why start... does she walk to the front of the room? Because she no has a point sense. to make, bitch. I never <laughs> once did that. And I was like a mouthy bitch in high school. No one's done that. <laughs> like this only happens in movies. Like I swear to God, like if I can, I don't even remember like not raising my hand to go to the bathroom, let alone like lecturing my class as a sassy diva. Let's do 15 about flatulence. Let's do 15, 12 to 18, 53. Although I will say I knew she was right from the second he made the joke. I was like, honey, we all know. okay." (laughs) but also it's well because they're talking about actually like fucking climate change. I said this is very prescient. Yeah, it's very very good. Again, this movie, it's like watching, you know, SVU. This movie is like it is ahead of its time. 
And it's current to this day. And by the way, fuck anyone who thinks that like Lifetime is devoid of that. I have always said that these movies are there to comfort the people. Truly. In a way that like emotionally, when you're like folding laundry, I'm like standing up right now. I'm just really, <laughs> re- I'm having a full you're, tat you're moment You're walking right now. to the front of the room. I'm literally you're giving pacing. a lecture. I'm unplugging Sammy's equipment. <laughs> um, but, no. Uh, yeah. I've always said that these movies have a lot of, a lot of weight to them that are not appreciated by the public they're very healing okay again 1512 to 1853 <laughs> oh, no. ribbed for her pleasure have you ever tried the glow in the dark ones they're awesome where'd you guys get those I have a red moby dick you're gonna need these girlfriend Walker. <laughs> right. away. within all of your lifetimes the world's oil reserves will be exhausted. Gone. There'll be no more oil to heat your homes or run your muscle cars. And scientists are scrambling to come up with alternative energy sources. Can any of you name some of them for me? Solar. Solar, Solar is good. <laughs> but what if you live in Seattle, where it rains 270 days? Go see a days. Sonics game. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you can identify an alternative energy source for us. Well, Jason is real good at lighting his own flatulence. an alternative energy source. You said flatulence. Ethan. Maybe I misunderstood the question. You have to maintain 2.0 average in order to stay on the football team. Now, if you make a D in this class, you don't get to play anymore. Now, is there any part of that that's confusing to you? Actually, uh, Mrs. Johnson, Ethan's answer is correct. Flatulence is methane gas. It's a waste byproduct. Same energy extracted from garbage dumps. Used to power vehicles all over the world. Teacher. Excellent, baby. I'm sure the crew is very proud of is, as Ethan's pointed out, methane gas is extremely flammable. Like that. Let's not blow this out of proportion. How long are these jocks going to run this high school? They're apparently not required to study. They don't contribute to their classes. And yet somehow they maintain good grades. They're just kids. They're not kids. They know exactly what they're doing. Well, let me have a talk with them. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Thank you. I feel so much better. Principal Hind. Saw you at the game. It's a hell of a crowd, wasn't it? Must have been great at the box office. Ethan, you know how Mrs. Johnson is. You just can't pull stunts like this in her classroom. She has no sense of humor. Well, it was me. I fried a plant. 
Well, you guys are putting me in a position of having to do something. Caitlin, I'm going to need to put you into detention. Boys have a game tonight. Well, that's cool. It was a great pass, Ethan. It was outstanding. Let's see a repeat. Absolutely. What pass? <laughs> I think like at the game before the initiation. Right. I'm just like, I mean, I'm sure Ethan has made a lot of passes in his career. <laughs> Have you ever, do you ever watch H3 mm-hmm. on um, the H3 podcast? They're like legend commentators on YouTube, but they have this clip that they play of Michelle Obama, uh, Michelle Obama before every video. That's her saying, Wow, Ethan, great moves. Keep it up. And it's like some <laughs> canned thing that she did when like she was doing the dancing program like, yeah, to get yeah. people oh, more okay, active. Yeah. And so he plays it. That's exactly what it sounded like. Like, good pass. Keep it up. Great pass, it's Ethan. It's what it reminded me exactly of. Okay, so let's get into some shit. I hear you about the principle of being a woman, but here's why I think it's important. I think that many women enable bad men mm-hmm. and other women don't believe other women. Yeah. And we're going to see like the greatest example of that in Caitlyn's life shortly. We haven't even gotten to the rape yet. Yeah. Um, we're going to see the greatest example of that shortly, but I think it is important to show like especially when someone's being judged by their class which they absolutely are when someone's being judged by their family situation when there's something for them to gain in protecting an abuser or whatever I think that it's important to make the principal a woman and I think that unfortunately a lot of times in these cases women's voices are the strongest because whether they're pro or anti because I think like when we're even going through the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing with like everyone expected men to be disappointing Mm -hmm. because like obviously that's partially how we got there um but i think it was the women that defended his actions that were the most upsetting it's so so it's a power move upsetting and i just all i can think is like you're a gender traitor (laughs) yes i mean yes i mean but there are i mean unfortunately are so many and there's so many moments in this movie where i'm like why am i surprised molly you know better don't be surprised yeah but i think if you're not a, like a you know i mean i think maybe there's a difference between cynical and like realistic and dialed in but i think it's cynical to like walk around thinking that women just aren't supporting don't. each other and, and and it's couched in this idea of Oh, well, she should have known better. She should have, um, you know, you don't go to parties and do this and that. Like, you yeah. shouldn't have let him in. You shouldn't have done that. I do wish that at the end of the film, like, my one criticism of the film is that... Your one criticism. My one criticism. I have a single criticism. Um, no, is is just that, like, the men end up being the heroes in a way. I know. I fucking hated that, which yeah. is why I hate this ending. I wrote in my notes, like, towards the end, if this ends on her, like, freeze frame of her smiling, I'm going to be fucking pissed because they <laughs> always do that. Yeah. Like, someone just, like, walks out of a situation with a smile on their face and, like, with a new boyfriend. I hated it, and I hated even when I thought the mom was going to date the detective at one point. Right. There was a little energy there as well. A little vibe. but No, but, like, the thing is, like, there, so to skip ahead is, like, the, in the trial every savior's the, the, a man every, yes and the the principal is just like well this is just how things are we just let the rapes happen and like we just let the sexual harassment happen and then the 
the man who I don't know if he's like the school superintendent or whatever. Like I think he's superintendent. He is like, well, we're really going to change some things around here. He was the one who said, like, we should try and make some sort of like, you know, he was the one who said, like, we should negotiate on this. It's going to look bad for us. Right. Superintendent. Right. This woman is dying not to stay woke to the point where I was like, I think she is the principal. And I do wonder if there are certain sponsorships like different things that high school gets when you're like really good at sports. Don't you get extra money? Don't you get all this stuff? Yeah. I was like, why don't we focus on what this woman is benefiting? Right. On? Why is she so hyped up about you why know, is keeping this bitch the football blocking like Caitlin's defense? Yeah. Like, that's it. Why does she cock block? That? Well, like literal like you know, felony assaults are happening to her student. <laughs> 100%. So Caitlin's mom finds her condoms in her bedroom when she gets home. She's like, what are these for? And she goes, I don't know, doing the nasty in the dark. <laughs> and they start playing this like surfer rock music, right? And she tells her, you know what? You're grounded. We can know, like, you can't hang out with your friends anymore. You're out of the group. She's, her mom says that she wants her to know that the most precious thing a girl can have is her reputation. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want her daughter making the mistakes that she did. And she goes, yeah, I'm living proof. That's tough. Like, for a daughter to be like, yeah, mom, I know I'm a fucking mistake. Um, Jace tries to get Caitlin to skip work. Uh, She works at the movie theater, which is, of course, another reason why she's sad that it's closing. Um... And she's like, listen, it's the last movie ever playing at this theater. I can't leave my ship. She's a real cinephile. Yeah. And then after, I mean, I'm really a girl after your own heart. And then she she says, all right, fine. I'll go and see the movie. So I didn't realize that a significant amount of time had passed and that she and Ethan had had a relationship. Because it sounded like it's it's very unclear because I thought that maybe like. um, I mean, does fucking once make you boyfriend, girlfriend? Right, but I I thought that maybe, like, they had fucked once and they were kind of like, oh, like, maybe this is going to go somewhere. And she, like, takes the detention from him and then he's on a date with another girl. Is that it? Yeah, that's what I thought. I assume that there must have been some sort of, like, time yeah like there was like a, a moment there because there's also a lot of, I mean, first of all, it's very bold of him. Right. To take a new date to her place of work. Right. But Jason's a fucking psycho, so I could see why to him he'd be like, let's bring her a fright. Oh, yeah. No, he absolutely had the ulterior motive to be like, come see what's going on. So she, Caitlin, taps on Ethan's shoulder and she's like, so who's your girlfriend? Where you been? And he goes, she turns around and goes, hi, I'm Charity. And Caitlin says back I'm sure you are (laughs) and Caitlin is I will tell she is not a mean girl but when she needs to turn on someone with a little remark Caitlin does it a few times she's tough yeah she's got good jokes though in this like Caitlin's got good jokes like doing the nasty in the dark like saying that to your mom like she does have really got balls um so Jason's like look don't worry about that guy okay he's a jerk and I'm crazy about you she's like yo don't use the tough guy routine on me and he grabs her by the arm physically assaults her at her place of work and um he said hey you did Ethan and now it's my turn Mm -hmm. sick (laughs) um so she's like keep your hands off me um they go outside and Brian Austin Green is waiting for Tiffany and Ruthiezen outside of the theater he offers her a ride she's like no thanks um I'm over you um, and then he's like, no, my girlfriend left with the crew. I waited for you. They talk about how they had some good times in that theater. See, that's what made me think. Oh, I see. But maybe they just meant growing up in this town. Yeah. You know, it's my confusing. childhood movie theater was in the fighter. 
Oh. The Lexington flick. And that's when Amy Adam goes, oh, you bring me out to Richie Ricks and Rich Lexington to like, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God. That's crazy. Um, but that was my fucking childhood theater, the nice. flick. That was our version of that. It was really, really like special to see that. You never get that, really. Okay. So he's like, yeah, I saw a lot of movies there. She goes, yeah, I used to sit up in the booth. And he goes, you sit in the booth, you can't hear the words. And she goes, I make up my own words. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Like, I get the manic pixie dream girl of it all, but like... What does that fucking mean? They're trying to be like, oh, she's different. She's, she's deep. Cool. Yeah, she's deep. But like, deep. come on now. Like, we don't need that but for Caitlyn. Caitlyn's not delusional. So nonsensical. It's, yeah. I mean, like, I understand, like, if your dad worked there and you were, like, chained to the projector, like, you may have to create some narratives. But just go inside. Don't. They kind of, like, do a lot of work to make uh, Caitlyn. Complex. Yeah. Well, to make her, they're like, you're different. Like, why are you different? And, the, and towards the end, they're like, oh, you didn't play by the rules. But I think like beforehand, they try to be like, well, it's kind of weird that we let her into the crew and she's kind of odd and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, she's a gorgeous she's girl. She's the prettiest girl at school. Is incredibly smart. And there's no reason why she shouldn't be popular. But they kind of try to like make this thing, make her seem weird or something. Yeah. I mean, and I think she is lower class. Like she has a job and her. That that that's the whole thing is that they they're but like. But Ethan different. is for sure lower class. Yes, definitely. I mean, he lives Even out in the sticks, low, lower than her. But I think Jace probably has money. Probably, but they don't really delve into the class issues. But yeah, but I think that like that's one of the unspoken things in yeah. this as well as like the principal. Where I'm like, I need a little bit of like, I need one line exactly. Like, oh, we're gonna get extra money from the box office for because why the fuck would jace need a scholarship true you know yeah like true. it sounds like when he goes i went i'm gonna go to state school like my dad my stepdad went to state school and became very successful but he always wore that like as a you know he was always embarrassed by mm-hmm. it and the way he said it it's like almost like yeah i'm gonna make something of myself just like my dad did it's like not that big of a hit to me but it's humbling I don't know. I don't know, man. And I was like, what's the scholarship for then? Like, where where was the scholarship to? Right. I mean, he lost his athletic, like, scholarship or whatever. But, like, I don't. you don't get an athletic scholarship if you're rich. Like, that's not fair. Right. That's not fucking fair. So he tells her that he's planning on getting out of town when he graduates. And the last thing he needs is a reason to stay. Big line that was used when everyone was breaking up with their high school and like boyfriends <laughs> and girlfriends when I was there. Um, she tells him, you know, I can see right through you. And he's like, look, you know, I don't even know anything about you. And she's like, you know what? All you do is you work on your car. You go to the old fairgrounds. You put the pedal to the metal. You lay awake all night thinking about the future. And he's like, how do you know that much about me? So the town is shutting down for the night. Jason comes over to her house, Caitlin's house. And he's like, hey, look, I didn't know if you were home because there's no car. She's like, my mom's not at home. Where's mom? I don't want to like literally the worst part about this is that it like basically shows all of the steps leading up into how you could get yourself into a dangerous situation. How I know but none of it's her fault. Yeah. At all. But it's like so scary to watch because you're like, don't say your mom's not home. That's step one. Now we yeah. go to let me make it up to you. Can I come in? Ethan told me that I should tell you that, you know, I'm a jerk. 
I write, don't let them in, don't let them in. And I want to play this scene because it's terrifying how easy it was for him to get into the house and then to do what he did. I also want to say that this is a full trigger warning here. I wrote it out. This is audio of a sexual assault. I'm playing it in full so that you can hear how her sister was made aware of what was going on and the language that was used and just like clarity of the scene for moving forward. You can skip forward about two minutes and 45 seconds if you don't want to hear this. Also, if you see the movie Chucky, trigger warning that you hear a cat being murdered and that was a a trigger warning I wish I got, which is true. I'm just throwing that in there as well. I wish I knew there was a cat getting murdered in Chucky. Spoiler alert. Um, It happens really soon. 2548 to 2825. Hey, I didn't see the car outside. Wasn't sure if you were home. Well, my mom's out. Look, I want to make it up to you. Did Ethan tell you to come over and say that? Yeah, he told me you were hurt, you know? Look, Chase, it's late. Can I talk about it tomorrow? Well, aren't you going to let me in? I feel like a salesman or something. Just for a minute. Okay, only for a minute. Can I just hold your hand? Come on, you won't even hold my hand. Look, Jace. You don't really feel anything for me. You're not like that. We both know it. No, I I do feel for you. I never met anyone like you. Jace, go home. I just want to talk to you. Look, it doesn't feel right. One kiss and I'll go. I promise. One kiss and you're out of here. See? I'm not such a bad guy. Mm. No. Jace, stop. Jace, You're okay. Or I'll do her too. Okay. Junie, um, it's all right. Um, go back to bed. smart not to open that fucking door as much as it's like well uh, she's a young vulnerable child what would have happened come into play more that the sister would be like a witness well see that was one thing that really bothered me was that her sister was always like from the jump like that was not okay what happened right and then there's a scene a couple scenes after this where they go to the burger place and the sister's there and he like threatens oh we'll get into that that. but 
like I have a younger sister and I'm super protective of her. So I totally related to her just being like, oh my God, like it doesn't matter what happens to me. A 100%. I will protect my younger sister. But um, then this, towards the end of the movie, the sister kind of falls away. And I felt like that, like the sister relationship was no so sense, especially, um, strong yeah. that I was kind of like, oh, they should have gone with that. They should have like kept it as part of like one of the main themes. Cause I thought it was so strong. I agree. And I, yeah, it's just like, she was also her only witness and I don't know why that came up more, you know? Um, because they're like, Oh, we she's can't, a child. We can't prove it with physical evidence, but it's like, okay, what about testimony? What about the sister testifying that she witnessed it? What about, because the rape never goes on. Where's trial. Jason's alibi or like whatever, like where's any evidence that they were ever going to go on a date? Like all of the, all that anyone knows is that Ethan knows that Jason was going to her house to apologize. Right. And I don't know, again, Ethan's ignorance or alleged ignorance or whatever to this whole thing is, I don't know. I just don't know how we're supposed to move past that because he knew he sent that man to her house. I know. And, and then also when Ethan comes to her and says, Jace told me, my initial reaction was, oh my God, great, Ethan testify in this rape yeah. case and instead it turns into like can I take you on a date sometime I'm like fuck off she's a title nine federal court case to go through you dumbass and that's the reason why it's like as much as I am like fine with everyone playing out a story a different story in which like someone finds like security and love on the other side of a very dangerous situation I'm fine with that but for me that was not the resolution I needed at all no. for this character, yeah. for this story, for anything. Like Ethan, you know, I hope he wouldn't harm himself, but if he fell off a cliff or something, like I wouldn't be totally mad if someone was taking care of his mom. Like I really didn't need to tie up that Ethan story. No. But again, this is the 90s. We got pretty lucky with how woke this film was in a lot of it's ways. It's very progressive. It's very progressive for the time, despite some of the issues with like, I mean, we'll get into it, like the consent yeah. stuff, but like, I also I'll tell you, I went through my situation in 2005, a full literal decade after mm-hmm. this came out and it was on it was a this- much smaller scale. Very similar. Yeah. Very, very similar. But, um, I mean, I, it's also like at, at the end of the day, if, if the cultural context is that we know Tiffany and Brian are in a relationship, like they want to give us that love story. Oh, that's exactly what it was. Is that, and also like that was probably their like deal in doing this is that they were going to just like leave his character behind. They're probably like, Oh, this is a really attractive role for us as a couple, because they also used to really love to put couples and stuff together back in the day. I don't think that happens so much anymore. They're also like, you can do a really hot sex scene. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get this into it. This scene was hot. Were Benjamin Bratt and Julia Roberts ever in a movie together? Was that like a yeah, thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, really. like that was like sort of towards the end of when I feel like they'd be like real life couples getting a movie together, play this out for the fans. So we find out that the next day Jace is bragging at school that Caitlin was practically an info. She gave it right up in her mom's bed. She jumped his bones. And then at home, Caitlin is having a very, very long... She's having her rape traumatized. Shower. She's having a Silkwood shower, okay? It is like... It's really difficult to watch because... At the same time, I find that... 
you know, you do see one bruise on her back, which I thought was going to be what this scene was, was showing the bruising. Mm -hmm. But they also sort of took some time and spent some time, like, sort of really objectifying her body. Yeah, there was, like, a scene that there was a shot where... Of just her torso? Of her, like tummy where uh where i was like that's a little too sexy for a rape shower scene it's not okay yeah like i really was like this is it needs to be clear that this is not sexual and showing one like thumbprint bruise on a body which by the way is absolute fucking evidence of an assault right like are you really gonna accuse a fucking 16 year old of being in a crazy sex game with her sister in the house i don't understand like that's some amanda knox shit so, right. um, yeah, I thought that there was going to be something coming from that, but there's not. And Judy yells to her mom, you know, Kaylin's taking up all the water. Uh, shout out to everyone who grew up running out of hot water super quick. Right. And um, her mom finds her in the shower, sitting there in freezing cold water, takes her out. Like, she's basically, I mean, she's a shell of herself. It's yeah. really hard to see. Yeah. And props to Tiffany Amber Thiessen for her acting here. Because, honey, she served. I really saw, like, she really captured that for, I think, a lot of people. Tiffany is great She's great in this. And, like, also, we love a good moment for I love a crossover from childhood to adult. I I die for it. It's done so rarely very well. Miley, ultimate Mm -hmm. example. She really harnessed that. Bella Thorne, let's just... You know, cross our cross fingers. Our fingers and hope Ariana the best. Grande, she's going to be in yeah. the new Ryan Murphy. Started on Nickelodeon, we're okay. on and on Broadway. We're all very proud for our crossover queens, but Tiffany Amber Thiessen was definitely one of those. Elizabeth Berkeley, you know, like she's a great lady. Tried her best. Showgirls bombed. Yeah. She was smart to take them out. The movie of the week. Okay. So, Caitlin's mom is trying to get the sister on the bus and talk to Caitlin, but Caitlin's fine. She's completely shut down, though, but she's like, yeah. go to work. Um, and she- I do want to say that the, the sister goes, like, he did force her. He's a creep or something. Oh, no, that's coming yeah. up. That's coming up. So, after school, we see her mom and her sister driving back to the house. Um, that, like, her mom's left to work early. And her mom's like, you haven't eaten anything all day. Let's play this crucial scene, 3112 to 3311. Why won't you talk to me? Just forget it. June, you said that there was a boy here last night. Is that what this is all about? Look, I just don't want to talk about it, okay? I told you I don't want boys here. Oh, my God. Is that what's really bothering you? Did something happen? Damn it, Caitlin, just tell me the truth. I want to hear you say it. You brought him into this house and you had sex with him, didn't you? He tore my clothes off and he raped me. You have me now. I don't believe that. What? You, uh, you invited him here, didn't you? I was trying to let him down easy. I, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Did he touch you first? I held his hand. And then things just went too far. It wasn't like that. Just went a little too far. He made me! Caitlin, that is a perfectly convenient excuse. Forget it! Girls who run around are asking for it. Now everyone in town knows that. Well, then everyone in town can just go to hell! You had sex with this guy right here in this house, right here. 
You invited him in. Now, what did you expect would happen? Maybe to you, that's sex. <gasps> Don't you talk to me like that. When I was in high school, I knew how things were. Yeah. You knew how things were. Knocked up at 17, high school dropout. That makes you an authority. Jace made her do it. He's a creep. I pick up here and I just write, only in a Lifetime movie do you have to hear a daughter describe her rape scene to a mother that wouldn't defend her and then cut into some surf music. Oh my God. I wrote the exact same thing. The, I, I wrote, he's a creep, arrow, surf rock. Why <laughs> the hell did they do that? The surf rock was so... they bought two songs. Or they bought three songs. Insane. And one was surf rock. And then the other two were well, blues so travelers. I know. They have well, nothing else to cut to. So in the, I noticed in the opening credits, they say music by Pray for Rain. And I was like, okay, what is this like? Wait. Crazy I know what band. Pray for Rain is. Okay, so they're like a Christian... I be- I've been to one of their fucking oh, concerts by my accident. God. Yes. I thought the Backstreet Boys were going to surprise us at this <laughs> Catholic music conference, but instead it was fucking Pray for Rain and Jars of Clay. Yep. And well, you know what? I fucking uh, Flood by Jars of Clay is sick. Jars uh, of Clay is good. Okay, I, let's <laughs> calm down, Katie. <laughs> I'm just saying when you're stuck in a when you're stuck in Foxborough Stadium with. 300,000 other Catholic youth <laughs> and they're like guys we didn't think that because this was the night before I had just seen Backstreet Boys at the Black and Blue tour now maybe they were originally booked we were never promised Backstreet Boys but it turns out AJ after that tour went directly into rehab and we didn't know so it could not have been <laughs> the Backstreet Boys but like the Archdiocese of Boston is there like the fucking Cardinals there and they're like guys we didn't think we'd be able to do it there's a group in town that we know a lot of you love. And, and like, of course, like, everyone's like B-S-B. fucking getting the porcupines, right? <laughs> We're all like freaking out, right? And so um, one of like our counselors is like, guys, get ready. And um, sure enough, jars of clay, even a surprise <laughs> to them and pray for rain, even a surprise to them, they made the best of it. And yeah. like, honestly, all I can assume is that they were in their 20s and smoked some weed and were like, oh, my God, I can't believe that we're getting college credit for taking a bunch of these Catholic kids to see <laughs> jars of clay while we're stoned. Yeah. Like that would be truly lit. Like, cause they all had a very good conversation, like a good sense of humor mm-hmm. about it. They all loved it. So I was I disappointed. Pray for rain. I mean, they did the music. I don't know. It said <clears throat> music by pray for rain. So I don't know if pray for rain did the fucking surf rock and like weird, or if they just did a couple like weird grungy moments. Cause there are some other grungy I'm guess moments. What it is. Yeah. So it's a Christian band. Yeah. Right? It's a Christian band. Yeah. Who is Christian. A lot of people. Okay. Right. So I'm guessing someone who had a tie to the Christian, some big, like whatever Hill song was in the eighties or nineties. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you know who could really use a gig? Pray yeah. for rain. They'll pick a couple songs for the track. We'll say, you know, Pray for Rain did this. Yeah. They picked out one surf rock song, two <laughs> blues raveler, travelers, and they just were like collecting a track. Yeah. Which I'm fine with because overall, while the transitions weren't great, out of all the Lifetime music we've gotten and the absolutely inappropriate music cues we've gotten, this didn't really offend me, but the music was very, very noticeable and jarring throughout this whole film. It's the... the- transitions to surf rock from like emotional serious moments about rape 
were insanity. Yeah. It but is... it was crazy. But I was also like, the music's kind of good. Can we also just throw out that like maybe that was the intention so that like this girl is going through this fucking trauma and then on the other side of this, the crew's just like getting burgers. Like, dude. And like fucking, yeah. It's like, while you're when you're suffering over here, the crew's getting burgers and like bullying new people. I wonder if our director, Christopher Leach, was... Uh, like trying to create that that dissonance where you know we're in a very serious moment and then we're smash cutting into the burger joint with the surf rock. I like, like to this give him that the, credit. This is the the crazy world we're living in, where like someone is going through something very intense and like that's what I hope for the director of Teen Wolf too. <laughs> you know, a movie that I think some guy bought me on DVD in high school. Um, it all kind of circles back. So Caitlin and her sister, like, they take off to drink milkshakes, and they're sitting in this, like, local burger thing, which is, like, such the shitty part of a small town, is that, like, as I think Charity says later on in the film, is that, like, the only good thing you have going for you in a small town is that if you drive, you go to another town. Like, there's nothing here for these people. To have to go to, like, the one restaurant in town where you're absolutely going to see your rapist? Come on. So... Um, Caitlin, uh, and her sister are drinking milkshakes in the car. Uh, the popular kids are all cruising around there. One of the girls who I think is her best friend walks up to the car and tells the sister to go inside and get some burgers and fries. The girl gets in Caitlin's car and she confronts her about why she wasn't in school. It's because of Jason, right? Yeah. Speaking of the man himself is now greeting Caitlin's younger sister, Judy at the takeout window. Just wrote here in all caps. He raped her sister the night before and made her listen. And now he's bothering her when she's ordering fries. Oh, People are sick. Fucking nightmare. Like it's off like the yeah. gumption. And like he's like literally if you ever wondered if this character was supposed to have like an ounce of humanity, he wasn't. And I think the thing that almost kills me about that is because it makes it seem like you have to be a psycho to do something like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't just like knowing herd mentality crowd mentality like if you're if I'm being honest I've looked at certain like rioting moments and I'm like yeah if I had a moment to absolutely fucking cut loose and contribute to something that was bothering me or whatever I absolutely would pull some shit like I absolutely would I could absolutely see myself I'd be lying to myself if I watched the purge and was like no way would I participate in the purge (laughs) the whole point of the purge is for you to recognize your inner purger right so I think that maybe you necessarily aren't a purger by nature uh, but you know you could be like that real bad guy in the first purge who's just built to purge I don't think that I think Jace is the guy that's built to purge I would like to see someone who just dips into the purge you know well, what I, I mean I think Ethan and by the purge I mean unfortunately I mean raping a yes. high school classmate <laughs> But, you know, it's like, okay, I think that actually this... You guys can unsubscribe. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) But I think that, um, you know, Jace is like the sadistic one who, like, inspires people to do this kind of violent bullshit and, like, degradation. And then what we see in Ethan is, like, the follow-along guy. Right. And so it would be kind of interesting to, to see a Lifetime movie or some movie about this topic where the guy who just does it because of peer pressure, you know, kind of gets uh, thrown under the bus or whatever or, or accused. But but it's like we have to have this sadistic guy and the follow-along guy. And I do think that is a combo, a toxic 
classic combo sure, but of sadistic guy and follow along guy. Let's be real. In this, he's the second banana. Jace is absolutely right. Ethan he's not is. the one. That he's just like sort of the want. renegade, like follower. Yeah, he can play football, not as well as Ethan. Yeah, he's hot, not as hot as Ethan. Yeah. Like Ethan is the main guy, right? Which is, I think, why his like cosign on Jace's shitty behavior is so crucial. I think his following along with the harassment that they do to uh, Caitlin is worth being in prison. One hundred percent. And he absolutely like, you know, sure. He like eventually freed her from a moment. We'll come up to later. That's like probably one of the most horrific things I can imagine. I know. Um, But like he, he almost worse turned a blind eye to it. Like he had a yeah. really magical moment with this girl. He saw the best in her. They enjoyed some time together. They had what seemed to be a previous bond. And he literally, you know, what always bothers me the most about people is when they try to unknow your heart. And it's like, you know that this per- this girl did not deserve this. Right. She wouldn't lie about this. Why the fuck are you, like, turning a blind eye now? Like, you know her heart. Like, she's not a bad exactly. person. And, and the fact that he so quickly takes up for Jace is disgusting. Yeah, I mean. He just doesn't even think about it. It's truly boys club shit. Like, it really is. Like, it's all very, like, squee, bringing back that fucking yearbook I read cover to cover. I was, I'm very triggered by the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing still to this day, and I'm never going to let it go, and I don't think any of us are. But I was thinking about how much Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, like, put forward of herself and how often you are never rewarded at all or even recognized for whatever you do. And I think a lot of women in this nation and people have showed up for her in this nation. But at the same time, I mean, to to do what she did was so vulnerable. That's what I really, that's what really made me tear up when I watched this movie was the moments in which she was finally validated Mm because it's, it took painfully long. And that is true to life. That's what made this movie a little too real for me. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we see Jason is talking to her sister and uh, she runs up and she basically is like, no. Yeah. She pulls her away and he goes, hey, Caitlin, your sister has pretty eyes. Maybe she could join the crew. I'd be happy to break her in. And that's the point where I would like go bloodthirsty. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I would like tear that man's throat out with my teeth he had like I mean he has no fear yeah that's what's the, that's the scariest thing yeah. is that typically like anyone would, would be a little bit of a coward yeah um but he doubles down so Caitlin grabs her sister's milkshake and says never you raped me and he goes no that was love baby oh god and the two of them run off um so um, when she throws the milkshake, he actually lunges for her. Ooh, and Brian Austin Green is the one who holds him back. And he's like, what the hell happened there? And Jason's like, she's a fucking lying bitch. And Brian Austin Green's like, I thought you said you went over there and she jumped your bones. And he's like, yeah, I go over there. I want it. She wants it. It's hot. We do it. And then he basically says that, like, she was really into it, and he was like, listen, this isn't going to, like, actually happen between us. And this is actually more of some sort of revenge for maybe not wanting to be in a relationship with her, um, which is a very common excuse. Um, Jason says that they would have to shut her up, and Brian Austin Green's like, you know what? She wants to cry wolf. They'll have to do something about it. So... That was how easy that was for him to convert his friends. I know. Yeah. Like, that was it. 
he just had to like if <laughs> we've all had a friend like lie to us or like spaz out when they're drunk with their like narrative or whatever and you're usually like mm, okay yeah but like this really sold him on it like and- we've all had that friend who's gotten caught and like you, they spaz and you're like okay you got caught like but this is a big deal and he still went with it well I mean first of all Jace's wildly inconsistent and all over the map all over the map and Ethan is so so dumb he He is is dumb the dumbest person I've ever seen on film (laughs) yeah you're right I mean maybe not the dumbest but he he's just so dumb and I I think back to that scene with the flatulence where he's like where the teacher's like you have to maintain a 2.0 and I'm like oh my god he can't even maintain a 2.0 at this shitty ass high school. <laughs> He's a little Riggins esque. Do you think yeah. me do you see Riggins esque? Yeah. But like maybe yeah. a little Saracen in there with yeah. the, you know, grandma at home sort of moment. Yeah. I mean he he's bless his heart. But also but but then at the same time it's like it he does not deserve the love story that he gets at the end because it's like these people who will not believe you and will take up for these like sadistic rapists are bad people and and they're part of the problem so uh, it's it's we're done we're done we quit them yeah we quit them blocked you know what i really <laughs> hope that caitlin drove away to junior college met some like artsy dude and mm-hmm. just forgot all about ethan's dick ethan if you are on twitter i am reporting you <laughs> yeah. immediately um okay so she goes to the police station with her sister and she goes to the receptionist, who I think completely changed in the middle of the scene. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Was it like a 70-year-old woman when she first walked up to the desk with glasses on, and then it changed to a, like a much younger, almost Asian woman? I think it was like a very elderly one. white woman, and then it changed to, and her voice changed too. Oh my god, I and noticed I, that. But and by the way, like it could have just been the shitty YouTube quality, yeah, the, but I was like, whoa, like why did she change? Yeah, uh, you know, lesser like crazier things have happened in television right, that absolutely will bring in someone else to do the rest of the line. I Maybe they got a network note being like, yeah. hey, the receptionist has to be more chill about rape. Right. Well, you know what is so impressive about this movie is like. As soon as she starts saying, like, he raped me, she can't stop saying it. So she, like, barges up to this receptionist and just, like, is it rape if I let him in? If I didn't want to do it, even if he's a friend of mine. And she goes, look, I just answered the phone here. And she goes, forget it. And she goes to grab her sister's arm. And the receptionist says, wait, did you say no? Right. And she walks back and says, if I said no, is it rape? And she's like, no is no. Right. Which is great. It is great. And I was like, that's a very powerful moment. Mm -hmm. But I also was like, this is very, um, this is a very 90s idea of consent. 100%. But but the thing is. But I also was surprised that she even knew to say that. Because like, I feel like. No, yeah. As someone at a police office. No, I mean, no means no, I'm not surprised by. But someone actually invoking that in like a moment like that. Mm -hmm. When it's something that everyone knows is a very legally complicated thing. When it knows it's when people like, you know, they treat young teenage girls as flighty. Like, oh, are you really here to report like, a rape? What were you wearing? Or and... are you mad at this guy? Were yeah. you dating? Like, yeah. it's like fucked up. And I and I actually did appreciate because I will say I thought this was going to start and end with the receptionist being like, no. I was very impressed, especially because I thought this was a two and a half hour long movie. Right. 
<laughs> when it hit the points that it we stole this on YouTube, you guys. Yeah. And one thing they do on YouTube is they like to replay the first half of the movie again <laughs> to extend the running time. Smart. That's good commercial money for you. That's how you I mean, that's like a business right there, Katie. Is okay, just, I should start people it. just re upload yeah. <laughs> movies to YouTube yeah. and then throw mad ads in them. Yeah. Movies no one cares about. Yeah. Okay. But that was the hospital, right? Like, no, that was the police station. Oh, I thought that was the hospital. No, because she goes, let me call a nurse. Oh. And then they, I assume, go to. I mean, maybe it was the hospital, but like, why would you go to a hospital to report a rape? I understand yeah, why now, true. but yeah. I don't think in 1995 a teenage girl would have right. known I got to raped. Go to the hospital. I need to go that's to the true, hospital. That's true, yeah. So they go to the hospital and her dad <laughs> gives her a rape kit. Her Saved by the Bell dad. <laughs> Um, the mom comes into the hospital and she sees Judy sitting there and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry your sister made you come do this. Mom is still not a believer. And the nurse goes into this whole thing. They're required by law to, you know, inform the parents. Um, okay, uh, 3712 to 39.09. And this is basically the moment where the um, doctor comes out and tells her that the evidence for the rape kit is inconclusive. Mm-hmm. But... Um, typically women who are really vocal and about the, about being raped are almost always raped. Right. Which is great that they were throwing that out on TV. Yeah. Statistic that is still not known enough. Um, and I'm glad that that was. What is she doing here? Would you please leave? Just leave. You can put your clothes back on, Caitlin. I need to talk to your mother. I'll be right back. Mrs. Rose, I examined Caitlin because she says she was raped last night. Are you aware of this? Well, was she? There's no evidence of forceful entry. Are you sure? But that's not uncommon with girls with her history. Wait, 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 wait a minute, what do you mean girls with her history? Girls who are sexually active. So, uh... You don't know whether she was raped or not. I can't confirm it. Well, did you give her a pregnancy test? No, of course not. It's too early for that. I just... I just wanted her to tell me the truth about what happened. Did she? Well, she just blurted out that he forced her to do it. You know, we've found that after a rape situation, an excited utterance admitting the rape is almost always true. Charges. It'll be my word against his. I know. I know. I just want to forget this ever happened. Whatever you want. Okay, we'll just, uh, just put this all behind us. Let me look up who wrote this. Do you know who wrote this? His name is like, um, I wrote it down. John Leakley. John Leakley, yeah. John Linkley killed it. Okay. I actually thought the writing was quite good. I thought it was too. Yeah. 
I mean, especially because I always say, like, you know, you can usually really tell when a movie is trying to, like, not write in swear words or trying mm-hmm. to carefully place them or whatever. There's only one moment I caught with Tiffany and Ruthie's and where she's like, I've had enough of your stuff. Yes, I did <laughs> notice that as well. Yeah. Right. But, like, the other the other one in the bathroom later when the... um. The girl that beats that Tiffany gets into a fight with is like tells the teacher to stuff it sideways, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that is some I love a good that is some good 90s. Just like fucking gross ass shit. So he wrote a TV movie called The Omen. Also, we did Knight Rider 2010. Um, A bunch of horror stuff. Miami Vice he wrote on The Prince of Central Park. He's been working. Uh, yeah, anyway, John Leakley, great writer. What did you I, notice? Oh, uh, I know. I can't remember what I noticed. He but- wrote a documentary called The Kindred Chronicles. <laughs> What's this about? Kindred Chronicles. I have no idea. I would love to watch this. It looks like um, a Bachelor sort of moment. There's rose petals. Ooh. You know, we should tell everyone that we met in a batch group. We did. Yeah. Okay. Bachelor is, is a is a big deal. So I think that we had like kind of always like known of each other to some extent. Yeah. But we had we never, have a lot of mutual friends. A ton of mutual friends, like ton of mutual like shared crossover things. And Amy Kaufman, our friend who runs our bachelor group, she also wrote Bachelor Nation. Mm-hmm. You guys buy it. There's also a fun story in there about how Amy and I went to a dating seminar with um Chris from The Bachelor before he killed a man oh, and yeah. and uh it's a fu- it's a really fun book and it was I mean I honey I bought it on hard copy and audio just to listen to it even though I could <laughs> listen to Amy talk about The Bachelor anytime yep. I want so I will tell you by that okay so I thought we were gonna have to go through another hour and a half of this movie with her mom unconvinced that Caitlin was actually raped. I really, I mean, yeah, I no, took I, she fought alone quite literally. Right. Like, yes. You know, I really thought no one was ever gonna come to her side. Yeah. So it is nice that once mom, it clicked for her. It I would have been so frustrated if mom had not gotten on board. Oh, but you mean Avon Rose? Avon Rose, yeah. Uh, if Avon Rose had had remained slut shaming her, I would have been like so mad at this movie. But the fact that you know a, a male, a, a nice male doctor told her that her daughter was raped, that it was likely that she was like making sense. Yeah. Um, without listening to her other daughter, who was like, "Yes, I witnessed a rape audio, like right, like I heard it." Um, uh, she comes around quite quickly, which is great. I mean, the other thing is, like, can we get Judy some fucking therapy? Like, she literally had to sit there, like, wake up in her childhood bed and hear her sister get raped by, like, a classmate in her mother's bed. And no one believed her sister. Like, how the fuck is Judy supposed to grow up with any confidence? Right. Like, thankfully, there was a resolution at the end. But, like, you know, that's got to fuck with Judy. Just as, I mean, just as hard and in different ways than Caitlyn, I'm sure. At the end of the movie, when Caitlyn is leaving, I'm like, get out of this town. Yeah. Like, is Judy going to get, like, recruited into this, like, horrible criminal right. gang that's, like, the popular kids? <laughs> like, Well, because here's the tea is that, like, Caitlin has agency, right? Like, Judy, like, literally, no, she has no voice. Mm-hmm. She has nowhere to go. She's, like, probably in middle school. She has to, send, like, spend the next seven years of her life in this town. Fucked up. Okay? I'm done. Yeah. 
So um, anyway, Caitlin Lee's awake as it storms outside because, of course, it's raining the night that she gets home from confronting her rapist and then getting a rape kit before her mom finally believes that she was attacked. Um, and the trees are scratching at her window. Then all of a sudden she can hear Jason sort of like, you know, whispering her name, taunting her. Um, she opens up the window and this is actually really scary. We obviously know we're in a nightmare now. That nightmare but was, it was so crazy. So like the branches of the trees are actually the hands of her classmates that are climbing up. Yeah. Taunting her with her name, like sort of being like, we're going to fucking get you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets up in her nightgown and like runs to the front door mm-hmm. to be confronted like with all of this stuff, but she sees nothing and she turns around and instead Brian Austin Green is now sitting at the kitchen table with his face lit under a Zippo. So and he's creepy. Like, Why'd you do it? Why'd you got to say that about my best friend? Yeah. Um, and I that- don't know if you've ever had a trauma nightmare from like being attacked by like someone, but I will tell you that that is exactly those are exactly the nightmares I would have is that I would hear someone calling my name and if I open my eyes I would see a gun pointing at my oh face my like point blank I didn't sleep for like four months like it really oh, will yeah, get yeah, to yeah. you it get it's like tears away at your psyche and so in a weird way as much as I typically hate a nightmare scene and that I think movies rely on them too much this the way this was done it was very good I thought uh christopher did a great job shooting this because it was super surreal and creepy and very creative (laughs) christopher leach look at you doing your job yeah (laughs) um i don't know i was just like oh this is really out there and creative like Uh i felt like there were some shades of like roman polanski's repulsion with the hands and stuff yeah there was a lot there it was very artistic i will say i did not i've never seen like a hundred extras come out to do something in a real lifetime movie yeah this is clearly the big budget nbc version yeah you know oh my god do you remember when those movies would come on on a saturday night and be like oh my god all my favorite stars in some (laughs) fucked up situation um but like there are some really creative moments in this i also think there's like a a moment later on that i think was like shot really well um in the barn oh yeah yeah yeah. oh that's Yeah. yeah that's a horror scene so she gets to school and the words Caitlin Rose is a slut, Caitlin is a whore, spray painted above the name of the school. It's the first thing you get to see when you walk to school. And again, the the 60s surfer music really like hits me here. Yeah, I also wrote down surf rock again. Yeah. <laughs> so the mom is dressed like a cross between like Phoebe from Friends and like sort of a 1960s go-go dancer. Yeah. Like, did you get that? I actually thought it was, um, I thought it was the teacher for a minute and I was like, oh my god look at the teacher stepping up her fashion the, i kept when i was watching this i kept being like oh that's the mom like i right. had to keep reminding myself yeah it's for some like, reason there were like too many people that looked alike well they go like a lot of times it's like if you're gonna have a like a teacher a blonde teacher that's authoritative and yeah. then, like this blonde mom like get make someone a redhead right like hook us up okay 41 21 to 43 21 How could you allow this to remain up here for a second? Look what it says about us. When did this happen? It was here when I arrived this morning. The janitor doesn't come until 8, well, so we did You allowed have... everybody to see this because the janitor is the only one who cleans things up around here? No, no, this is not spilled. No, this is my daughter's reputation. We did our best to cover it up. You put tarps over it. 
This sort of thing sometimes happens in high school. Of course, we feel terrible about it. Yeah, but there did was you call the cops? Why would I do that? Nobody got hurt. Hurt? No, I want you to find every single kid who did this and expel them. We don't them. know who did it yet. Everybody knows who did this. It's Ethan and Jace and all it of them. It is just words on a wall. She is in no danger. Avon. Boys will be boys. Not with my daughter. Well, with my 4.0 grade average and my college prep courses, I could leave school and take my GED to graduate. I could start junior college next spring semester. No, you're not ready to make that kind of move. You're 17. Mom, you don't know hey. how far they'll go. Look, they are not going to drive us out of this town. This whole thing is going to blow over, and we'll be able to last it out. You'll see. Besides, you've got prom coming up and graduation. These are memories that you're not going to want to pass up. Mom, would you get real? This is never going to happen. I'm finished here because of Ethan and Jace. Why don't you just admit it? You don't want me to leave. Oh, Caitlin, no. No, no I am not you. I don't care about this town. Hey, baby, you're looking good. Yeah. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.